Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. This is Kara Kirsch with Girl. Let me tell you how great you are. It is a beautiful sunny day here in Omaha, Nebraska, and I have the most special guest of all time on this show today that I am just, I'm about to start crying because I'm so excited to have you here, but I have my best friend, Molly Ducker. Hi, Molly. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Super awkward. Super fun. (laughs) Super fun. Like, this is going to be so much fun. So, and it's going to be, for those of our listeners that, uh, you know, maybe a little bit more on the timid side, we'll leave our adult-only content for another show. But There's plenty of that. There's plenty of that. But one of the things that we do here is we tell real stories of women who are doing fantastic things, having learnings, and and so that we can share those with other women um, in the hopes that we can normalize some of the feelings that we have and then also just make us all better and great. So the content or topic for today is da-da-da, parenting. And for all of you that... Uh, our parents, you know that it is not for the faint at heart. It is grueling and exhausting and full of excitement and love and joy and all the things. But Molly and I are in very similar seasons of parenting. And so we thought today might be kind of fun to talk about the journey of parenting and what it's like to be uh, parents of kids that are supposed to be adults. I'll say it that way. (laughs) Um, But before I go there, Molly, tell us about you. Um, it's hard to, it's hard to follow that when you have such great, exciting news to share. So I'll wrap mine up really quickly. Um, I am a mother of four. I, my husband has two kids, um, coming into marriage and I have two. So we're a, a combined family, which is, uh, has been interesting. We kept us on our toes, but also a grandmother of a five-year-old granddaughter. So. And where are you from? From Cable City, Missouri. And how long have been in Omaha my whole adult life? So, okay. And what about um, what do you like to do in your spare time? What's your hobby? Oh, well, it revolves around my kids. Um, probably like many uh, parents, you know, following your kids around, going to their sporting events, um, you know, supporting them through their, you know, their hobbies and their dreams. Um, but most often that's what we do, but. I also enjoy just spending time with my husband and, you know, going to concerts and traveling and all the things. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, And what do you do for work? Well, I'm so fortunate that you and I get to work together again um, on my consulting side uh, of Inchek. Employee benefit. Awesome. So if you want to find Molly on social, she's on LinkedIn and Facebook, and she always has uh, great words of wisdom for those that want to follow her too, but um, is doing really cool work in the employee benefits space with me. And that's also very exciting for me. Um, well, before we get into the whole parenting discussion, what's your career journey been? Yeah, well, it's been an exciting one. Um, I actually joined the military right out of high school. Um, left Cable City at the, oh, he's just a spine check on them. Uh, at the age of 18 and never looked back. Um, fortunately, or unfortunately, probably for some, I was stationed just three hours away in BO in Honolulu, And um, 
what they say about off an Air Force base is that once you get on it, you can't get off it. So here I was stationed for eight years and um, this is where I started my family. So this is where I had my two kids. And so it just made sense to stay here. And um, I got into the insurance industry after getting out of the Air Force and have never looked back. I've held several different positions, just starting, um, you know, on the administrative side uh, on a sales team for an insurance carrier and then kind of have worked my way into a position where I will often full time. Awesome. Awesome. And I think uh, one of the things about us that is a parallel, there are very many, there are so many of them that we could talk for a long time about it. But when we met, because um, people ask us a lot because we're, we have similar mannerisms and even our voice tone sometimes can feel like sisterly. But when we met, I don't have any sisters. You don't have any sisters. And I always tell people that it was the first time that I had a friend that truly felt like what a sister should feel like. So someone that loves you without any inhibition, without any judgment, without any um, requirements, I'll say. And I that was really like such a special time for me and such a special thing for me. I could not agree more. Um, and I think that also demonstrates like the power of a network. So when we talked to our prior guest, Jill Sloop, we talked about women building their networks and asking one another for support and that kind of thing. And I think that our friendship is a very good um, reminder of the power of that network, whether it was me reaching to you and saying, hey, do you know someone who can do this? Or you saying, um, you know, hey, I'm looking at this. How would that work if you were to do it? And that kind of thing. And that's always been something that I've really valued. Okay. So, okay, let's just cut to the chase. So I have three adult children, age 25, 21, and 20. And I've said on the show many times, they're not the friendliest of beasts, right? <laughs> and, um, but I do have kind of exciting news that I'm now a grandmother. So my daughter had a baby and he is three weeks old and he is so perfect. Um, and I used to be a little bit like, when Molly would talk about her grandbaby, she like, I'd be like, how's Ivy? Oh, she's perfect. And I'm like, she, because I don't know. And now that I have a grandbaby, yep, absolutely 100%. Oh, great. There's that. And that's not kind of exciting news. That's like the most exciting news ever. It is the most exciting news. You're right. So I've asked Mariah, you know, many times, like, um, when she was getting ready to have the baby and you have a grandbaby too, so you can talk about your story here. Um, but when I, when she was about to have her, I said, cause I've learned about like having boundaries with her so that she doesn't push me away. Right. And so I said, okay, you're about to go into the hospital to have the baby. How can I support you? And she's like, you can go to my house and watch the dogs. <laughs> like, pardon. I want to be there with you. I want to like see all the things. And she's mm -hmm. like, no one is going to see my vagina. No one is coming in there. No one is coming in there to see me. So, how was your daughter when she was pregnant, and and you were part of that? Yeah. So, um, you know, it's been interesting. Our so our daughter is who um, we have a granddaughter by. Just one of our kids has a child um, as of yet. The rest of of, of our kids are boys. Um, and so, you know, I do think there's a different relationship with your daughters. Um, then with sons, just, it's just different. I think daughters tend to come to you more for advice and things like that. Uh, sons probably need advice more than just don't ask. 
for it. Um, so my daughter, you know, while she was pregnant, she she didn't ask a lot of questions. She's always kind of been um, one of those girls that, you know, every potential ailment could turn into some, <laughs> some big, you know, do I have this? I've, I've Googled my symptoms and I have this. Um, so she'd ask questions here and there. Do you think this is normal? Does this seem normal? But overall, she had a really normal pregnancy. She, she was pretty tough. She didn't struggle with some of those um you know, complications like morning sickness and things like that, but we did. Um, and so I didn't have a lot that I could help her with or, you know, wisdom that I could give her during pregnancy other than like, you know, here, I found some ginger drops that I grabbed you at TJ Maxx. I tried to always give her little, you know, gifts as I would see things out and about just to let her know I was thinking about her. But when it came time for her to actually go to the hospital, um, you know, I initially was just, you know, kind of on call. I didn't want to, we hadn't really talked about it ahead of time. So I didn't want to, you know, be pushy. I didn't actually know who was all going to be there. And I think that was, it's a, such a personal thing. And it was for me when I had my kids and, um, you know, talk about overshare, you know, yeah, yeah I changed your diaper as a baby, but I don't, I don't, if that's not comfortable for you, I don't want to make that uncomfortable. So, um, but you know, she labored for a long time and then when it came down to it, she did want me there. So I came as soon as I was called and, um, went up there and I mean, just the minute I lifted that green baby, I was like, right. I thing. Yeah. Yeah. You do. You, I, I mean, I was like, and now when I go to see him and hold him, because the other thing that she informed me is she informed me that. I wouldn't be alone for the, with the baby for a year. I wouldn't be able to have the baby in my house overnight for a year because, you know, oh, whatever. You're not whatever. qualified. Right. <laughs> I'm unqualified. Okay. And um, so when I go over there now, I just look at him and I just am like memorizing all of the features of his face, which I do remember doing that with my kids, like just staring at them and memorizing how their lips moved and how, how their nose looked and that kind of thing. And so it did bring me back to a lot of that. I will say it's a beautiful thing to go over there. I went over there for Sunday family dinner last week and um, Mariah was like, well, what'd you do today? I'm like, I got up at 10. <laughs> I read things. She said, are you trying to rub it in? And I'm like, maybe. Um, so it's been good. But I do think that mother-daughter relationships are hard. What, what Did you have a good relationship like as a child growing up? Because I had a hard relationship with my mother. Well, I did too. I was raised more by my stepmother, um, who came into the picture when I was probably five or six and don't have a relationship with my biological mom at all. So yes, I would say that was, um, you know, that was baggage that I bring in and I always wanted to make sure that I had a, a healthy relationship with my daughter, that she could come to me about anything, you know, I wanted to be all the things. And then, you know, probably her mid-teen years, I realized I couldn't yell with things. Um, I was raising my kids as a single parent. Their um, their dad was in the picture, but he just didn't live in the state. Uh, so it was just uh, a little bit different. I think she she yearned for a long time for, you know, her dad to be um, more significant part of the picture. So she definitely pushed my buttons a little bit and made me um question whether I was a good mom at all I found all this all the time so um probably from the time she was about 16 you know still we still 
you know, I can tell when I'm getting on her nerves. Um, she doesn't ever say it, but she has a particular tone that she uses. Um, <laughs> and she's very short. And then I yeah. said, hey, well, you know, I'll talk to you later and love you. And I try to say love you as much as I can. Well, well, it's true. Love you, love you where you are. Right. I try to just love them right where they are. Total. I mean, and it's so hard sometimes because I'm like, Wow, yesterday I just did da 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 to make your life better. And now today you're being a complete ass. <laughs> well, I was just thinking about your point. It was a little funny when Mariah said, you know, she didn't want you to keep them for a certain amount of time. And, you know, initially we laugh about that and joke about stuff all the time. But I actually, now that I have time to step back and think about it, I can appreciate how much she cares and loves him already and worries about him. And not that she thinks you. It's it's not you. I think it's everyone. You know, she probably feels that way about everyone. She's just it came out and yeah, you can't, you can't meet with him until a certain age. But really, what she wanted to say was, you know, I'm just nervous. I'm scared. Or nobody will care for him like I will. Which is so interesting because that's what we've always tried to tell Borden that is how we feel. You know, yeah. you don't understand. And you won't understand, you know, whatever decision or whatever thing I'm telling you until you have fit someday. Yeah. It's kind of full circle. Yeah. Well, and even like um, they don't understand how you'll have to make choices that later you may feel guilty about or wish that you did something different. And, you know, for me, I've talked about on the show being a single parent and raising three children. And I was it was similar to you. I mean, I was on my own. So like. Sometimes you hear single parents who have, you know, their parents who are really stepping up and driving kids around and blah, blah, blah. And it's not to say my parents didn't want to do that. They didn't live here and they didn't move back to uh, where we were until my kids were a little older. But even at that time, my parents had made it very clear that their role was grandparenting. And I used to get kind of like pissed about that. And but now I see very clearly why that boundary is so important because kids take advantage, you know. And my kids are, I mean, they'll get whatever they can from me. And then the next day I'll call them five times on the cell phone I paid for and they won't fucking answer. <laughs> like, hello. I can. Someday they'll say, I'm so sorry about that. I mean, I get it. Real frustrating. Um, so you have boys too. So do I. What would you say is like the biggest difference between parenting adult boys versus your daughter? Wow. That one is very interesting because our kids are so different. We, so um, my husband's boys have a distinctly different personality than my son from a boy comparison perspective. I think a lot of that problem has to do with my son being raised by a single mom. Um, I mean, you know, the high school musical and all the things. Not that he's scared fingers kid, but he's, he's definitely much more like in touch with his emotions, you know, yeah. he, he's a kid that, and still as a, a young man that says, I love you every time he leaves and every time we don't, you know, get off the phone and things like that. And he makes sure he calls all the time. And then the other two are, you know, I don't want to overstep my boundaries as a step parent, um, but I want to call him all the time. And they have a mom who's very engaged and, you know, I don't ever want to make that weird for them, but I am. When I up my husband's house all the time, like, have you talked to so-and-so? Have you talked to so-and-so? And he's like, lost me. And so I just think dudes are a little bit different with the way that they, you know, like, if I haven't talked to you in a couple of days, 
I'm wondering what's going on. Right. Well, not, they don't feel the need to do that in the same way. I totally agree. In fact, when um, TJ left for college, so Sean was still at home and TJ left and I didn't talk to him for like days. So I called my cousin and I was like, I'm not okay. You know, he's not calling. Like, what's going on? And she's like, we never talked to our son either. So I don't think it's because, at least the story I'm telling myself, is that it's not because they're not thinking of me or they don't love me. It's just that other things are more of a priority to them at that time. And But I know what you mean because my boys are very different. And even having both been raised by me, one of them is a lot more caring about me and what I have going on. And my youngest is very get to the point. In fact, I just had to tell him. He texted me and he said, can you get me something? You know, and so I said, no. And he said, why? And I said, because. And then I called him and I said, here's the thing. I am a woman and I am a relational person. So if you text me and said, good morning, mother, good morning, mother, could you please buy me the whatever freaking Apple thing that you want? And oh, by the way, how are you? I'd be like, sure, it's on the way. Yeah. But instead, you say, can you buy me this? And you don't even like have any pleasantries. And he's like, that's not me. A little. Yeah. Right. He yeah. goes, that's not me. I'm not, I'm not giving you any pleasantries. And I'm like, well, then you're not getting any stuff. Don't you, doesn't that make you think about like what kind of spouse will they be? I think about that all the time. Like, yes. You know, like, they're so different. And I know. You can do all the things that you think are right and you can show them the examples that you think will result in healthy relationships or good communication, all these things. And then it's like, I'm worried, what if they were not? What if I failed them, failed teaching them or, you know, whatever to make them be and have healthy, good relationships? But I mean, our oldest two are um, both the same age. And one girl, one boy, obviously. And, um, you know, I, by the time I was their age, I had, I had a kid, I was married. I mean, all the things. Okay. And then I, I look at both of them now and I'm like, oh my God, I can't imagine them either. Right. Um, so it's just, I don't know. Yeah. A, I lot, of, a lot of things that I think moms and, and then I look at my husband sometimes while he's using on the couch, not a care in the world. And I'm like, why are you not worried about all these things that I'm worried about in my head that I'm waking up at two o'clock in the morning worried about? Yeah. And he's just like, they'll be what they'll be. They'll be fine. Okay. Yeah. Right. I mean, I am more on his spectrum than yours in terms of worrying. I don't worry about things on most days. Mm-hmm. Um, my youngest bought a motorcycle. So I am, that has caused me to be worried because I know that A, he's a terrible driver. B, he's 20, you know, it's just not a good, not a good idea. And so I am worried about that. But for the most part, I don't worry too much um, because I feel like part of our job, and some parents don't believe this, but I do believe this, that your job is to teach your kids how to thrive outside of your house. Like, I don't want my kids to live with me now. And I know that you and I've talked about like what it's like when they come home. You know, they're messy and they come in late at night. They drink all my liquor. They do all the things. But like, what have you and your husband done when it comes to how your kids come home and what you guys have for boundaries in terms of like, this is our space. Be respectful of that space. I'll give you an example. 
TJ was home a lot this summer. Mm-hmm. He would find the need to like stay out till four in the morning every day on a Tuesday. Yeah, and I've never done that, but like, right. right. And so finally, I'm like, dude, I don't care how late you stay out, but here's an idea stay where you are. That's an option. Or come in through the front door because you come in through the garage and Oliver, our dog, is losing his damn mind. And then I'm up and I have to go to work in two hours. Yeah. So what do you guys do? Well, this has been interesting. This is, again, the the dynamic of two parents who have kind of, you know, we got together when my kids were older. Um, I think our oldest two were 16 and then um, my youngest, well, when we got married, our oldest were 16, but... um, like the, our youngest was like 12, I'll say. Um, and so, you know, his perspective on things and remember he's got a new perspective and my perspective on things were very different. And so it, it was a lot of like asking questions about why do you, why is that okay? Or why do you feel that way? And then kind of compromising both of us because I was raised in a, you know, primarily by my dad and a, my stepmom was really, uh, she didn't have children of her own. So she was really up my ass about everything. Um, I didn't have a lot of, you know, privileges. I, you know, went to school, played sports, came home. I didn't hang out. I wasn't on the phone. There was none of that. It was pretty tight shit. So I thought that I ran a pretty tight shit um, in terms of, you know, I, my expectation would be if you go away, go away to college and come back to visit that you're, you know, in the house setting no all time, you know, one o'clock in the morning or something like that. Not that you have a curfew, but like, don't have me up all night worrying about you. And my husband, so his son, um, our oldest, uh, when he came home the first summer, you know, he, he'd be out all night. He'd be the same somewhere. And I just was beside myself because I'm like, you know, I'm trying to crack his phone and everything else. And I'm like, is he alive? Like, what's going on? He's like, hey, you do realize that when he's not here, he's spending the night at people's houses. And, and you know, they may be up playing video games all night or maybe for all, like, not triple swag. You know, so he's like, they're adults and you got to just like, oh, and so not that I don't worry, but we kind of have a, you know, they kind of come and go as a thing when they come back to visit. Um, I will say we did have to, this was where my, my opinion kind of took over having, um, people, you know, that they're dating or seeing or I don't even know how to use that. Maybe talking. Well, it's called talking to. (laughs) Right. There'll be no rendezvous in my house. That's what I, that's the point. There'll be no, Quality time. The only person yeah. who's getting quality time here is me. Paul. I agree. I agree. But that really is. Um, and now it's interesting because um, everybody's older, older, and their time to come home is really limited. And so when they do, when we get everybody, oh, it's really fun. And yeah. Oh, usually I insist that we play games. I'm mean, going to stop with that because it usually ends a fight. Um, we have just really competitive kids. And yeah, someone will be thinking that the rules stated this and the other and then it ends up you know in a fight so yeah someone's oh. read the rule manual and someone hasn't yes and interpreted it wrong. correct oh. yeah. one of them's practically an attorney and one isn't yeah. and yeah. we're talking about uno yeah <laughs> totally totally we're talking about pictionary like I mean it is interesting because our granddaughter you know she now she's five so last christmas when it together 
we we always play games and they're always like stupid you know like um you know the uh game that you charades. Play. yeah charades where you flip your phone down and things like that and she's she you know she can't read <laughs> so she she's like you know what can i do what can i play she really wants to get in the mix and uh so we have to figure something out for her but it's fun i just love being with them i love being a mom i know you do and I can't wait to watch you um, be a grandma. It's like when they start, yes, they're fun as babies, but like we thought he'd start calling for you. Like I'm going to go see my grandma. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited about that because my relationship with my grandmothers was so special to me. And as a teenager, you know, and you have to think like back in those days, I mean, my dad ran a really tight ship too. We've talked about it on the show before. And um, I would call her as like a way to escape, to escape their I'm up your ass, you know, because she didn't do that. She was like, you know, this is a quiet place. There wasn't any ruckus. Um, it was good. And so I, I did thrive in that environment. And I am excited for that. I'm also excited for like some of the lessons I learned as a mother. So um, like you said just a little bit ago, I did take some baggage from my own childhood into raising my kids. And I think all mothers do. And at this point, though, when I see those things come up with my kids, especially my daughter, I'm like, yeah, let's not take that with us. Like, that's shitty. One of the things is that um, I always felt a lot of pressure to look a certain way when it came to my relationship with my parents. And then I started to say things to Mariah like that, like, Mm -hmm. well, we're going to go to this place, but you need to get yourself together. Well, what does that even mean? And so now, you know, she feels some type of way about that. And I'm like, let's just, that was stupid. I'm sorry I said that. Mm -hmm. I think I'm more willing to apologize for things that I know now had a negative effect on any of of them. Mm -hmm. And I was, um, and part of that is my own guilt that I have to like push away all the time because I do think like single parent worked hard, tried to keep up, tried to do all the things, tried to compensate, failed miserably in certain regards. And then you have guilt about it. Well, now your kid has a kid and they, they're going to understand that guilt. Yeah. I you know, and I, I couldn't, I couldn't nurse it because my milk isn't in that's makes you feel guilty like a failure. And so I think it's important for us to remind young women that, Having a child, you know, there is no guidebook. You're going to do the best job that you can. And there's not one reason for you to feel guilty as long as you're doing your best. I totally agree. I feel like no one ever said that to me. Um, So I did feel like it was like being a parent was the most important job. I still feel like it is for me. Um, You know, it was the most important role that I ever held. And, um, the one that I knew the least about and you're just trying to figure it out. So you're going to make mistakes and you got to give yourself a break. Um, and we're, I'm still making mistakes too. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if I'm doing all the things right. Um, my granddaughter told me yesterday that I will make on anything. It's just like, Come and, look at me. and I'm like, you're right. I do. I love you so much. And then I thought about it later and I was like, what if my daughter heard her say that? Do you think she could pay? <laughs> you know, like, Mm-hmm. But I feel, you know, my parents kind of spoiled my daughter, especially my daughter, because it was just she and I for so long. Um, but they spoiled her with like 
and all yeah. their energy and timing and, and things like that. So that those are the things that I hope to be able to spoil a grand dollar with and cute clothes. Um, <laughs> but I really want to stress to our girls and our kids in general, which I don't think I struggle with this in the same way, but you know, just questioning themselves on, did I do this right? Should I do something different? Like just roll with it. And if you feel like you're doing the best you can, then roll the best you can. Yeah. What is that they say? Um, once you learn, but you learn butter, do butter. Yeah. Once you know better, do better. Yeah. I totally agree. And I think also when your adult kids communicate with you about what their needs are, mm-hmm. Because they can now be respectful of those communications. So one of the things that we talk about as a family, my kids and I, is this concept of pop-ups. Mm-hmm. So no no one's popping up on anyone. That means that you either call or text and say, hey, is this a good time or whatever. So with Mariah and the baby, I've been really, really careful about that because I just, I never want her to feel like that boundary is compromised. And the boys, I also do that with them. Interestingly, all of them comply with it for me, except for the boys. So Mariah complies with it, but the boys don't. So last week I'm at home. It's happened two times. And in fact, one of my sons, when he did it, he was with your son. Mm -hmm. It's like eight o'clock on a Sunday or something, or I don't know what time it was, but pretty soon I hear the garage door open and it's like, hello. And here comes. TJ and your son, like, hey, what up? You know? Right. <laughs> and I'm like, um, good thing I didn't have any rendezvous going on. Right. <laughs> and I said, because you're going to be real embarrassed if you walk in on that. Right. Well, they're a person. Like, I think that hoping to, so they can, you know, flex their muscles and let them know they're still, they're still running things. So anyway, and then Sean did it last week. So I'm at home, hear the door, hear the garage door come up. He comes in. I'm like, bro. Like, and he's like, I said, how'd you get in? Garage. I said, how'd you know the code? He said, the same code since we've had since I was in. And <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh, damn. Okay. Okay. The other thing I think that's really interesting is because I grew up with not much and you and I grew up in that same way. And then we tried to give our kids all these things that we thought were the right things. And now my kids are super extra about it like you know oh I can't wear the Hanes undershirts because they're itchy I can only wear Ralph Lauren I'm like what and of course me I'm like okay I don't want you to be itchy at all I'll make sure that I make sure they're properly fabric soft (laughs) because I just again with the mom guilt you're damned if you do you're damned if you don't if you if you don't do it you know they're not happy but you want them to have too because we didn't have the things you want them to have all the good things because part of you is like maybe if I give them this like show them this like they'll want to work hard and have a great life for themselves and their family but I've seen that backfire too and parents can do too much sometimes I think that you know I don't know I'm not an expert on anything but I've seen people do all the things uh you know handle it all the different ways and kids just turn out you know, young adults turn out the way that they're going to turn out. That's right. All having experiences and, um, you know, things like that definitely have an impact too. Not just us raving one. Yeah. Are there any resources that you've used as a parent or even a grandparent that have helped you to 
raise independent kids? Oh, you know, I will say this, um, a specific resource when I, when our son was two, he was off the top, naughty, getting kicked out of daycares, things like that. Um, and I, um, in their backpack that home, my daughter brought home a back, a backpack full of papers one night and there was a boys town, um, you know, class for parenting in, in the backpack. And I was like, dad, did you send me this? Like, this is right on time because I'm struggling with, I don't feel like I'm a good mom. And so I signed up for this parenting class and I'm pretty sure that the majority of the people who were taking that class were mandated by the court to do so. Um, and so that was an interesting, it, that was interesting dialogue in that room. Um, but it also gave me the reassurance that you're doing things just fine and you actually do care. You're coming to a class like this proactively. And um, they gave me a lot of tips on, you know, my kid was two, three at the time and he was just off the chain. And they gave me a lot of tips and strategies on getting through that point. And, um, and I also just pulled a friend. I mean, shoot, you know, I call you all the time. Like, yeah. what do you think about this? What am, how am I looking at this? And yes, you are my best friend. So, you know, you do care about me. And so you, you empathize a lot with my position, but you the best about saying, you know, well, what did you expect when you did this? So, and I need that when I do think, you know, you've got to have people around and make it real and are just like, oh, wow, we'll do all the things we'll say. Yeah. You know, well, yeah. keep it real, but also love you. Oh. So like, it's kind of this whole idea that I can talk shit about my kids, but you can't. Well, you know, like I'm pissed at my kids and I think they're shitty, but I never want you to be like, your kids are shitty. Yeah. Um, and so, but I just think it's very interesting that not only are we best friends and sisters, but that we're sort of in the same parenting season. Mm-hmm. And it is hard. And you know, I've told you this many times that you have your husband and I love that for you. And that for me, sometimes it is lonely because my kids don't, you know, come home as much and they don't need as much. But then on the flip side, I'm like, well, this is what I raised them to be is independent contributors. They might not be contributing at the highest level right now, but the hope is that they will. And, you know, I think using resources is not a bad thing. Use as many as you can find friends and supporters that can support you through the journey because it's really hard. And I think that's something that they don't tell you when you have a baby is it's hard. It's really hard. And every mother, in my opinion, is good at a certain season of parenting. Mm -hmm. I was not a great teenage parent. I get very frustrated with kids that talk back. Well, and so that was hard. But well, as we wrap up today, I think normalizing the conversation of parenting was really our goal today is just to talk about like everybody is going through something when it comes to their kids and it doesn't take away from the greatness of the person that you are or the mother or father that you're trying to be and that the only way to really get through it is to have a good support system that you can talk to and and that can help you with things that might come up because every day something will come up that you didn't plan so before we uh let you go today i've got a couple uh uh, I call these fire round questions or speed round questions, kind of like speed dating. <laughs> um, what's your favorite color? Purple. And what's your favorite college basketball team? Kansas Jayhawks. The Rock Chunky Jayhawks. And um, what would you say is your funniest Kara story that you can say quickly? 
<laughs> I like that you caveated that with that you can save. Um, and I, I mean, I'm going to tell one that I probably shouldn't save. So we'll put it out there. You can cut it if you want to cut it. What about the time that we did? We, I don't know why we did some day drinking, but I think we um, and another girlfriend had taken like half the day off. We went downtown. We were, it was like warm outside and we sat at DJ's dugout and we had cocktails. And then, oh, yeah, because you had that room with the Hilton and you were just going to stay the weekend. It was like a staycation. And we'd had, you know, free cocktails. <laughs> That's all we can handle. And I'm pretty sure that you were doing slight moaning as you walked down the street. Pulling very top of your pants on. And good thing it was like, you know, 6 p.m. on a Friday and there was no one about. But that was hilarious. And you take just a few quick drinks before I have so many stories I can be told that that one is like the I cannot yeah. yeah. I mean when we're together I laugh a lot because I just I laugh a lot so thank you for loving me so much and thanks for being on today and for talking about this and and um for sharing some of your stories and so for all of your our listeners out there, make sure you hit the subscribe button when you're listening. Um, if you want to follow us, we're on all the social platforms, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. We do have some TikToks, but not very many. Um, and if you ever have content that you're interested in, please feel free to send that to me or Rachel Fox, who is a co-host with me. She's uh, been a little bit busy right now, so we're filling up some of our time with some guests that can help us talk about some topics that are of importance to our listeners. So Molly Ducker, I love you so very much. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate Love you so much. Love you so much. See you, girl. Yeah. A Media Production.